Welcome to Cricket Only Better episode 218. This is your World Cup betting hub. I'm Ed Hawkins, handing you straight to Sam Collins. We've got so much to get through, Sam. Yes, indeed, Hawkins. Uh, Cricket Only Better post-bag special this week. Loads of questions from followers to get through. No poison pen stuff, uh, it appears. Um, fortunately, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair is ready with your answers. Are you not, Paul? Hello. I am. Hi, Sam. Hello, hello. Joined as ever by Richard Mann, who tipped 10 to 1 and 72 winners on this very show last week. Hello, Richard Mann. I hope you're calling us from the Maldives. <laughs> Evening, Sam. I wish, I wish. Lovely stuff. Um, Hawkins, what's on the show? Yeah, team news, pitch reports, trend stats, analysis, player win rates for four matches. New Zealand versus South Africa, India versus Sri Lanka, Afghanistan versus Netherlands and England versus Australia. Thank you, Hawkins. Uh, Best bets at the end of the show. A new five-point challenger as well. So stick around. Uh, Before we open the post bag, an outright check with the Betfair Exchange. India are 2.22, Australia 4.5, South Africa 5.1, New Zealand 7.8, Afghanistan 160, and England 9 million. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, let's have a quick view, please. Afghanistan, the big talking point. Six is on the exchange to make the semi-finals. What on earth is the story there? Look, we'd love to see it just for the romance and also because if you're on India, surely you'd want to play Afghanistan in semis. But to be honest, it's still going to be a tall order because they've got to win two from at least two from three games and one of those is going to be against Australia or South Africa. So that's going to be very difficult. And I think Ed's hit the nail on the head on Twitter earlier that this all comes down to them losing their first game against Bangladesh, which in hindsight is an absolute shocker because they are way, well, way better side than Bangladesh. Um, and just to mention, um, we've had some good bets earlier in the uh, series on finishing bottom. I put up Bangladesh three tournament fourteen to one, and they put up England at thirties. I think two weeks ago. I think it's every chance is going to come down at those two. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, any prices you've spotted? Bearing in mind the games are happening so quickly as we uh, go into production. Yeah, a couple of interesting top batsman market. Um, Quinton de Kock leading the way, but I think Rohit's quite interesting at sixteen to five. India's last, he's not far behind. India's last three group games at the Wankhede, Eden Gardens, and Bengaluru, Sri Lanka, South Africa, the Netherlands. Rohit's in great touch. I could easily see him making a big one there, but possibly more interesting top bowler market. Marco Janssen currently sat on thirteen wickets. You remember uh, the first preview show? Ed Hawkins promised us the top baller market would go to a left-arm seamer. So we all went for Trent Ball. Well, it won't be him, but it might well be Marco Janssen. He's been the best bowler in the power plays. I'll talk about him later in the show. Ten wickets in the power plays, and he hasn't actually got that big haul yet, um, but I'm sure one's coming. 13 wickets, he's, he's got three to make up with Adam Zampa, but if you take him out of it, Bummer on 14, who might well get rested now. India may rest him now, they're definitely through. I just thought 15 to 2 about Marco Janssen. South Africa are looking good for a top two finish, so they would avoid India in the semis, possibly looking good for the final then. I think he'll give you a good run for your money anyway. Okay. Um, thank you, Richard Mann. Listener questions now, some great ones this week. First up, big shout to Shane, who loves the innings runs markets and the and the middling uh, this World Cup. Paul Krishnamurti, you and Shane are getting on great. He wants to know the best venues for the strategy. Well, I, th- I think 
in ODIs, it pays at all grounds to do this. Um, I think the distinction comes to whether you want to do the middling at the start of the innings or whether you want to build it in running. If you want to do it at the start of the innings, by that I mean, for example, bet 260 or over even money and under 300 at 4.5 dates, get the 260, 300. Then you would look at Chennai. That's landed bang in the middle of the last two games. Um, I think that both Ahmedabad and Pune, where we've got that this week, they're, they're good for that kind of strategy. But then if you're looking at somewhere like the Wankida, what you might want to do there is go unders first and then over the later innings, because as we discussed many times on the show, that is the place for late runs. Okay. Um, Rob Mason asks, should Joss Butler step down? Are Australia or New Zealand value to miss out on the top four? And what about England to finish bottom? Um, England to finish bottom was talked up at 30s last week and is now 7.6 on the Betfair exchange as a point of interest. Um, Richard Mann, take this question, please. Right, a lot to go there. Well, you're obviously sitting pretty if you took the if you took the thirties about England to finish bottom. I think they'll just about get away with it because play the 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 Netherlands second to last game and then Pakistan in the last game. I mean, both sides will be out by then, and it's got a very much after you sir feel about that one. So England will probably get away with it, and, and Bangladesh looks so poor, don't they? I, I think they're the right price at eleven to ten to finish bottom. Um, Butler step down. I think what will happen is Joss will probably stay in charge until the T Twenty World Cup uh, next summer in the West Indies and USA. I think that's June time. And then I think he'd probably be phased out. I could see Zach Crawley becoming um, ODI captain. I, I'm not saying that should be what they'll do, but I think they will do that. I'm not sure about Zach in the T20 format, though, so I'm not sure how they'll go about that. But I think I think Butler will hang on for now, um, but then they'll probably phase him out. Um, did Australia, New Zealand, I, I said last week New Zealand have got a pretty tough running, but I think they'll do enough to finish top four regardless. Okay, Joss and Zach, thank you very much. Friend of the stars, Richard Mann. Um, right, Eddie Rivers, friend of the show, continues the theme. Is there any credence in Owen Morgan's comments? Um, Edward Hawkins, you've written about this on Betting.Betfair. So uh, please pressy that for us here. Yeah, I think Eddie Rivers is referring to this idea that uh, Morgan's suggesting that something is going on in the camp. Um, I just wonder perhaps whether Morgan is talking through his pocket a bit. Uh, he was saying England will win the World Cup even after they lost to New Zealand. Um, and he can't understand why they're they've basically fallen apart. But as I wrote this week, it's been pretty crystal clear that they were nowhere near the side they were in 2019. That win percentage before this tournament started was just 52%. And that finished um, had them finishing about fifth, equal fifth uh, on that ranking. So not a surprise that England have struggled. Uh, they've struggled so badly because they've turned up and they've found out that they can't just rock up and turn it on. Um, arrogance has cost them, I think, rather than any sort of major falling out within the camp. It's just pure and simple uh, hubris, which has cost them. They've got Stokesy, mate. It's fine, isn't it? Well, exactly. Yes. You know, Stokes never, uh, coming out of retirement, Root never playing, Wood never playing. It's just, it's just a, a collective mindset. They didn't think they needed to put the effort in. We'll talk about the Australia head-to-head coming up. That's another series they didn't um, really try in or pick their best 11 for. Bangladesh, we talked about that series months and months ago, how important it was, and they didn't try. But I'll stop now. 
Okay, a reminder uh, that we find best bets for four games this week, folks, but the mailbag is still bulging. Uh, Jack Jones wants to know if it's a big no to no no to trade and drink pints. Um, sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. That does Keep make going. sense. <laughs> um, even I know that's a golden rule. Uh, do not do it. Paul Krishnamurti, I'm sure you've got some horror stories as a public service here. Yeah, obviously. Um, if you're going to take this even vaguely seriously, don't drink at all. I, um, I've i never done it at home when gambling, but I did make one classic mistake that I've never got over when I went to an England-Pakistan match at Lords 2006. Not used to drinking in the morning. I was gone at lunchtime. And I've got it in my head that somehow or another England were going to collapse because they had a long tail. And I just kept going back and forth to the betting tent and backing unders and thinking, well, there'll be a wicket soon and, you know, I was going the other way. And um, they got 528 with three tonnes, including our old mate Ian Bell. So um, that didn't go well. I, I didn't have a clue how much I'd lost until I, you know, got home and looked at my account. So just simply don't do it. And don't bet, don't trade cricket unless you are completely on the ball. I don't even do it early in the morning anymore. I, I won't get up and do the big bash uh, because I'm not competent at that time in the morning. Okay, wise words from uh, Paul Krishnamurti. Um, Keith Hayward has one for Richard Mann. Where are we with our Ibrahim Zadran top Afghan series bat bet? Altogether less controversial, that one. Yeah, I mean, we, we're still in there. I mean, a, a few games ago, we were looked dead and buried. Gerbaz looked like he might run away with it, but there's five in a row, really, now. If this was a, a racing podcast, we'd be saying final fill on five in a row. Um He's 13 to 5 to, to finish as their top overall one score. To be honest, I probably wouldn't take that now, but he's going off seven to two, sometimes fours uh, for top uh, top Afghanistan batsmen on a match by match basis. I think with three games to go, I'd probably just keep backing him. I think he'll cop one of those games potentially twice. I think that's probably a better way to go than take on four others over the course of three games. I, that would be my, my attack at it anyway. Okay. Um, finally, one from Nelberg Cricket. Give him a follow on Twitter. He asks, how do you react to player trends when they come along? He mentions Madashanka for Sri Lanka and Zampa for Australia copying. Um, do you jump on the bandwagon? Uh, question made for our friend Hawkins up there. Uh, yeah, it's a bit different different with batters and bowlers. I, I think with bowlers, I don't mind jumping on a bandwagon, but I, what I would do, um, I'd have, you know, check the undercarriage first and what the tyres are like on that bandwagon. And by that, I mean, what is their win rate? I think it's really important to know how often these guys are winning um, and to bet accordingly. Zampa, we'll talk about his win rate coming up. It's 57% of his return rate, rather, 57%. So I don't mind going back in on bowlers, um, but as they keep winning, what I will do is I'll probably filter out uh, some of the head-to-heads against the batsmen they're playing. Um, because with bowlers as well, you know that generally there's only about three or four uh, genuine contenders for that. So happy with the bowlers. Batters is a different story. I don't want to jump on any bandwagon on a batter during a tournament um, because during a, a long one like this, a player will come from no value in terms of weight, win rate into win rate value. And Rohit Sharma is a good example of that. He started the tournament way off what a, um, what price he uh, should be in terms of how he wins. And now he's actually tipping over the other way. Um, so I won't get involved with someone someone like Rohit. Um, and 
Um, I also recognise that cricket has a particular rhythm. Batters are all going to fail more often than they succeed. And Sam, you and I made a podcast about it for basically a year. We got away with it, talking about how often these batters put back-to-back wins together. And it, the numbers were startling how how rarely really big players fail to do it. So no bandwagon jumping for the batters, but bowlers, I don't mind. Just a lot of talk about checking under carriages, eh, Hawkins? Mm. That's what I remember from that year. Um, right. Uh, game time. New Zealand versus South Africa. Wednesday, 8.30am UK time from Pune. New Zealand, 2.32 outsiders. South Africa, 1.75 on the Betfair Exchange. Hawkins, uh, get low down for us, please. Possible 11 for New Zealand. Conway, Ravindra Williamson maybe comes back in if he's fit with Will Young. Mitchell, Latham, Phillips, Nisham into the side now and has got it uh, nailed. Uh, Santa Ferguson, Henry and Bolt. Possible 11 for South Africa. De Kock, Bavuma, Van der Dussen, Markram, Klaassen, Miller, Janssen, Kurtzi, Maharaj. Uh, Rabada, if he's fit, had a back spasm. And Nagidi, Tabraz, Shamsi may miss out because... This isn't a spinning surface. That's tough on Shamsi. Pune looked good uh, for batting uh, by India and Afghanistan in their chases against Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, respectively. Looks a d- decent flat wicket. Um, both teams to score 321 to 10 with Sportsbook. Uh, just one for your notebook. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, is Pune as a road? Is that is that fair? Both bowling attacks have the potential to be quite expensive here. Yes, historically it is a road. Um, I think this was the ground that we identified the start tournament as being the best one for runs. And the two games so far probably haven't given us the best opportunity to see that. But this terrible Bangladesh side made 274 against India. So that's a very good signal, I would have thought, for this particular game with two much better batting lineups. And again, I'd ignore Sri Lanka's failure against Afghanistan here just because simply Sri Lanka batted terribly. And they had a very long tail. I think it's a 300 plus pitch. I'm hoping that the market will underestimate, and I fully concur with what Ed said about both to score 300. And um, I didn't see any odds up for it, but if there's a both to score 325, I'd be interested in that too. A big price. Okay, Richard Mann, how will you bet on match odds on this one? Richard Mann, how will you bet on match odds on this one? I, I think New Zealand are a touch too big. Um, like I'm a massive South African fan. I, I'm on them outright, but I thought New Zealand enhanced their reputation actually against Australia. I know they, they got beat, but I think we, we've seen them as a plucky, clever side who are, are good in these 280-280 games, but but a big arm wrestler like that, 400 plays 400. I thought New Zealand would be out of the comfort zone, but they very nearly won. They probably should have won, actually. Nisham should have put Stark away in that final over. But they, for me, enhanced their credentials. I'd have this a 50-50 game, so at 2.32, I think New Zealand have to be the bet. Okay. Um, any nuggets, please? Paul first, then Richard. No, I haven't got much to offer here, apart from the fact that I think it'll be a run fest for the reason we already stated. Okay. Uh, Richard? Yeah, I'd be against New Zealand first 10 overs, however you want to play it, if they're batting in his... Like I've just said the, the volume in the in the match market, but we talked about Janssen. He's taken 10 wickets in the power play overs at this World Cup, miles more than anyone else. And a lot of those have been left-handers. You go through the cars, he's been eating the left-handers alive. So I think Conway, Ravindra, 
been exceptional so far, but they could be vulnerable. And actually, in the New Zealand top eight, five of them are left-handers. I think Janssen could have a good game, but he could put New Zealand under pressure early. Um, so you maybe want to play over 1.5 New Zealand wickets in the first 10 or 15 overs. You could just go under on runs, but you know, wickets brings runs down. Um, I'll just take the South Africa trade and then get out. Um, I, th- I think Janssen will do some damage early. The tops with um, Hawkins, please. Uh, yeah, thank you. 11 to 2, by the way, Paul, Betfair Sports, but both teams to score 3 to 5. Uh, players to follow for you. These are the best win rates going, class and 25%. Top South Africa bat is a massive 6 to 1. Very happy to start going in back on these guys now on the merry go round. They've won once. Another one that the guys won, another guy that has won once is Phillips, 21% win rate. He's 15 to 2. Um, happy to keep going with those two. Kutz are bandwagon jumping, as I mentioned earlier, 64% return uh, is 7-2. to two. Betfair Sportsman not quite worked out um, that he's a genuine wicket-taking threat in the middle overs there. A Trent Bolt, 53% return rate and looks to be finding some form at the death, which is key. So happy to go with him. Okay. Um, players to follow Richard Ma- uh, Paul Christianity first, please, then Richard Mann. I like Daryl Mitchell, top match batsman, 17-2. Uh, that strikes me as much too big. Last Four of the last five uh, scores, 54, 130, 89-48. No reason why number four can't be top match batsman either in, in what I think will be a very high-scoring game. Okay. Uh, Richard Mann? Yeah, fully endorsed Mitchell and just looks a million dollars. Um, building on the Anson point, I'm obviously going to flag up Marco Janssen there haven't I um, but also I think this is the time you bet the Kiwi middle order because I think if they're going to lose early wickets it brings Mitchell into play it brings Glenn Phillips into play as well actually if he's going to top it'll probably be in a game like this where New Zealand may lose early wickets they'd be the two maybe Janssen in the man of the match market as well Okay, thank you very much, fellas uh, a reminder that Edward Hawkins is on hand as ever at betting.betfair to preview every single game um, that remains in this World Cup over 18s only, please. And do check out BeGambleAware.org. Let's get on with game two now. India versus Sri Lanka is on Thursday from Mumbai. Bet for exchange prices have India at 1.19 and Sri Lanka at sixes. Hawkins, do your thing, please. Uh, India lineup, uh, which is quite interesting now. Um, Rohit, Gil, Kohli, Shreyas, Rahul... Sky, Jadeja, and then will they go uh, Thakka or Ashwin? Uh, dropping Mohamed Siraj because Mohamed Shami's got to play. Uh, Kuldeep Shami, Bumra. Uh, Sri Lanka, Nisanka, Pereira, Mendes, Samaraka, Wikarama, Asalanka, Dananjaya, Matthews, Chamira, Thik, Shiana, Madashanka, and Rajitha. They pro- haven't got any other players, really, so I'm pretty sure that's how they're going to go. Mumbai scores are 399 and 383, both by South Africa on this ground. Looks like an absolute road. Sri Lanka bowlers in an awful lot of trouble because they're um, all over the place, really got no idea in the field this lot. Okay, Uh, Richard Mann, maybe a mismatch, but uh, can we get another shock here or are you looking just at winning margin prices? Yeah, I am actually, and I think the maximum, the sort of ten wickets, nine wickets margin for India, um, particularly if the if the bat first. I which I think, bear in mind, India, and I think Ed's done a really good piece today, hasn't he, talking about. That's potentially India's weak link batting first. Um, so I think now that they're obviously through, they might want a little bit of practice at that. Um, so I think they win the toss, they may well bat first. Um, and here, they could get a massive score. And from what we saw of, of Sri Lanka on Monday against Afghanistan, they won. So there could easily be a 100-plus victory for India here. 
Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, how do we play Indian runs here if they bat first? Oh, Paul, you're on mute. Yeah, I think, um, once again, we're looking at probably the highest ever par line in a cricket match, in a one-day match. I think it would definitely start at 350, could even be 370, and really anything's possible. They could get If, if they get off to a good starting with the late scoring trends at the Wankhede, they could get 420, 430. So, um, yeah, I would be interested if we can get, say, even... Seven to two, four to one, about four hundred plus. I'd be interested because um, of what they could do later. And to reverse it as well, I mean, South Sri Lanka are going in with Mahistic coming at eight, right, and Matthews is coming to tournament with no preparation at seven. So, I mean, just go back to Rich's point about the margins. They could just this. It really, really does look a mismatch. Okay. Um, any nuggets, please, Richard? Then Paul. Well, I mean, I may as well leave it to Paul. He's going to talk about late runs, uh, particularly at the Wankidi. Um, And the other thing to bear in mind, and again, Paul, back me up on this, we've had some massive scores and quite often the 400 hasn't been breached, but it's not because sides haven't got themselves into a position to do it. I mean, you think South Africa against England that day, I think they got two off the last over, didn't they, when they were look, look like they might be on for 420. We've had a few games like that, actually, because I think if you'd have backed 400, you'd be cursing your luck. Um, but it's definitely been on. I think it will be on, particularly in a game like this. Okay. Um, am I going to Paul Krishnamurti here then now? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, silly scores are possible here. The other day in the Australia-New Zealand game, game, at one point in that innings, par was up to like 430, 440, and they failed. South Africa, as Rich just mentioned, uh, fell short. Australia did as well um, when Maxwell got his crazy innings last week. The last over went wrong for them. But just to, um, regarding this late scoring trend at the Wanky Day, you really can't underestimate it. I mean, South Africa got 186 off the last 15 overs last week against Bangladesh. So 12.33 and over. Um, and you're up against a poor Sri Lankan attack here where, you know, they're probably out, they're all but out of competition. They're not motivated. You've got batsmen like Sky Yadav desperately trying to earn a place. Really, anything's possible. This could be a... I don't want to get too over this but they could get 440 450 they could start challenging record scores here in India Okay um, Hawkins to the tops please Yeah it's a bit tricky top batsman markets particularly with for India because it's it could be such a road that you know you, your guy could get 120 uh, and he doesn't win um, so keeping fingers crossed we might get to score 50 or to score century prices but Rohit as I said earlier he's uh, giving us 1.5% on win rate now at 23 to 10. He could well even be boosted by a sports book. Uh, Gill hasn't won yet. as the only one of those um, big-name players on win rates that we talked about uh, at the start of the tournament who hasn't copped. He's got win rate of 28%. Uh, we're getting three percentage points on implied probability at 3 to 1. Brummer with the ball at 46.7% returns. He is 11 to 4 with sports book. Sri Lanka bowling stats all over the shop because so many injuries. Got nothing on the batters, but uh, Madhushanka, as we mentioned earlier, is four to one. Betfair Sportsbook haven't picked up on it. And it's just pure and simple. It's a wrong price. He should be favourite. He's a class apart. 
Okay. Um, Pleasure for the wretched man. Yeah, I couldn't endorse Madashanku. It's a real prospect, doesn't he? I'm actually just looking right now, and Shubman Gill's just being pushed out to four to one, um, top India batsman market. I think I'd play with that because for me, he and getting Pandya back fit, they're the two missing links for India, really. Um, so I think they'll be really keen for Gill to spend some time at the crease. Obviously, he missed the first few games uh, through sickness. Uh, I think four to one's big enough for me. Okay, uh, Paul. I think you've got to look at an Indian batsman for man of the match. Um, last week, I think, or the week before, we were talking about this, and I somehow talked myself out back in Veracoli at five to one. Again, that that might be a bet, um, but you could make a case for any of their top order really. There, I'm going to say Sky Yadav at ten to one because I think that firstly, if there's a chance he might get promoted, given that they're almost through, and secondly, if this late later runs thing at the Wanky dates. He's home ground in the IPL. He could do something absolutely spectacular in those last 10, 15 overs. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul. Two more games to follow, including uh, Australia versus England. For now, though, it is time to reveal our five-point challenger this week with Edward Hawkins. Uh, yeah, Eddie Rivers really should be here. <laughs> should have made a big profit uh, last oh. time, and he didn't because he was on the wrong end of the World Cup's Fastest ever century backed uh, David Warner and uh, Maxwell, of course, got that ridiculous score, which meant Eddie Rivers isn't here. But Joshua James is. If you get a profit, you come back for the next week. He's got five points to spend. He's got two points on South Africa to win and hit most sixes at 11 to 10 with Betfair Sportsbook. He's got class and top South Africa bat at sixes for a point. Bumrah for a point. Top India bowler um, in that game against Sri Lanka. He's got half a point each. Labashane, top Australia, about eight to one. And Glenn Mas- Maxwell, top Australia bowler, 15 to two, half a point. Okay, good luck to Joshua James, Richard Mann, and Paul Krishnamurti's best bet still to come at the end of the show. As always, for now, though, we're on to game three Afghanistan versus Netherlands on Friday from Look Now. If Afghanistan were to win, they would go level on points with Australia at least, but would stay fifth probably on net run rate. Hawkins uh, with a low down with Afghanistan as short as 1.33 on the Betfair Exchange. Afghanistan team, Gurbaz Zadran, Ramat Hashmatullah, Omarzai, Alakil, Nabi Rashid, Mujib Farooqin. And I think they're going to bring back Noor Ahmed here with spin important in look now potentially. And the Dutch got a poor record against spin against Afghanistan in particular. Uh, Netherlands for you, Singh O'Dowd, Berezi Ackerman, Engelbrecht, Edwards, Van Beek, Van der Merwe, Potentially back for Shreers Ahmed, uh, Dutt and Van Meekeren. Look now, pitch getting harder and harder for the batters there. 209, 262, 229 in first innings since South Africa have made 311 against Australia, which was below par for their standards. Afghanistan won a three-match series against this lot to love in 2022 in Doha. And the Dutch struggled against Rashid and Majib. Richard Mann, an easy, if potentially slightly sizest comment for you. Are Afghanistan too short? Not not at this ground. Anywhere else, I would say so, against the plucky Netherlands, but not here. It'll spin and it'll suit <laughs> Afghanistan. Paul match odds wisdom from you, please. Yeah, I agree with Rich. Um, I'm, I'm very tempted by New Zealand at, th- at Netherlands at three to one. They have been underestimated. Um, I think Afghanistan is a reliable team. But on this pitch, 
you've got to fancy Afghanistan. I think 1.33 is probably the right price, if not a very appealing one. Nuggets, please, uh, Richard Mann. Not a lot, to be honest. I thought next method of dismissal LB uh, when Majib starts out on here could be interesting. It's been going up five to one when Majib's been boiling balls straight and, you know, he could cause them some bother. That'll, that'll be about it for me. Okay. And uh, Paul Krishnamati? Well, just if Netherlands back first, I think I'd be looking at extreme unders. I still think, despite those run trends, that par will open up around 230 to 240. I think you'll get you'll be able to lay two hundred at one point four something like that. I think it's very possible that Rashid Khan runs through them and he's hot and, and they've got a good bowling attack full stop. So I don't think we're going to see another great Netherlands comeback from the middle order here. Okay, um, who are the batters and bowlers to follow, mm-hmm. Eric Hawkins? Uh, yeah, win rates for you. Gerbaz has been boosted to four to one. He's winning 28.5% of the time. Might be due. Faruqi, 29.6 returns. He's nine to two with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, Netherlands did struggle in Doha, as I mentioned, Vimajib and Rashid Khan. Um, so who's the best Dutchman to follow in that regard? Well, Edwards was top series bat for the Dutch. And overall, actually, in that um, contest, he's five to one. And he's got a massive return rate. Uh, in the 30s. Van Meekeren, 33. Van Beek, 32, with the ball. Returning percentages, both 100 to 30. Okay. Um, Richard Mount, Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, McGee being the man of the match market for me. Um, I think you could shape the game there. And I, I do endorse, endorse Edwards for the Netherlands. We said right at the start, and we're a real good player with spin, and this is a perfect game for him to show that. Paul Krishnamurti. I'm going to Rashi Khan, 8-1 to man of the match. I think that's perfectly fair. I think, you know, given that Zambia got four against them and Mitchell Satner got five against the Netherlands, Rashi could do incredible damage. And despite what I said about not necessarily fancy the Netherlands for a middle-order comeback here, the odds on top match batsmen are insane. You can get 14-1 to Scott Edwards, 50-1 to Cybrand Engelbrecht, who batted at four the other day. And also 22's Asmatullah Omazai, who's uh, batting at five and has top scored twice. They're all completely insane prices. And I don't think it will take that much to win top match backs the market here. Okay. Um, that is done with uh, Afghanistan versus the Netherlands. Now we move on to Saturday. What should have been the big one, um, but is instead, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Australia versus England from Ahmedabad. Uh, Betfair Exchange has England at 2.52, which feels exceedingly generous, and Australia 1.61. Hawkins with teams and pitch data. Australia, Warner Head is back in the team and they look stronger, much stronger for it, but can they get Labuschagne out? I think they should do. Mitch Marsh, if he's fit, Smith, Inglis, Maxwell, then Green or Stoinis instead of um, Labuschagne. Come in, start, Zampa, Hazelwood, they're beginning to motor a bit, Australia. England, Besto, Milan, Root, Stokes, Brook, Livingston, Ormoine, Willie Wokes, Rashid Wood. That's what I think England will pick. What they should do is start giving some of these fringe players a go and looking ahead to the next tournament. So Atkinson and Cass uh, could be in the running if they had any sense. But I think we know the answer to that. Ahmedabad, where it all went wrong for England in their first game, losing by nine wickets after posting 2-8-2 versus New Zealand. Pakistan were going well against India at this ground. Uh, before collapsing. I think it's a decent batting wicket. Australia have won the last four on their head-to-head. By the way, we mentioned that series and played earlier 
uh, when England didn't uh, bother turning up for that one either. Uh, so Australia, um, predictably short. Paul Krishnamurti, if this was game one of this tournament, England would probably be at 1.7. As it is, they're quite lucky not to be at 7.1. Um, at what point do they become value? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's the same sort of thoughts as the last game. I couldn't actually back Australia at these short odds. What are going to be 1.6, 1.64, something at best. But you've got to fancy them. Um, they've got all the momentum. They're playing really playing well now, and I think that England have checked out. They're they're poor. They're demoralised. Um, you might think that England would find an extra gear for an Australia game, but then you might have said that about India, and it didn't happen. So I think we just got to go with a form book. Richard Mann, who wins this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm same as Paul. I think a week ago I, I identified this as a fixture that England would, would be up for and that would come good in, but the India. It was just an implosion at the end, wasn't it? So Australia looked to be peaking at the right time. I'm sorry to say they really do look strong now, don't they? Um, they, they, they really are peaking. I think Australia will win again. Um, some betting gold, please, Paul Krishnamurti. Green and gold, perhaps. Yeah, I'll go for Australia margins um, to win by five wickets or 41 to 50 runs or six wickets and 51 to 60 runs. 60 runs. Both pay nine to one. Richard Mann. Yeah, a bit of a sort of a, a rare runs bet, but I think the, the 10 over and 15 over Australia runs line, I'd be really interested in playing because Travis Head came back in against New Zealand and he just smacked it from ball one. Warner, he just looks in the form of his life again. Um, and that was against Matt Henry and Trent Bolt. I mean, Henry's been brilliant in this tournament. Bolt's a class act and they just wallop them everywhere. And with due respect against David Willey and Chris Wokes, if it's a flat one like we think it is, I think Head and Warner, Australia have just found their template again, that top order anyway. Um, I think there could be a really high first 10 or 15 overs from them. Player data, please, Hawkins. Uh, just to mention Johnny Best, the worst win rate of any opener for top bat in the entire tournament, 10% returning in the last two years. He's 4-1 to one with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, one to avoid is as good as one to follow, I say. Butler 11 to 2 from 15 to 2. That is a bet on win rate, but I think um, we're falling off the bandwagon uh, with Butler. I think he's just gone, Butler. So I'm going to swerve, a rare swerve on win rate. Warner 7 to 2 with Betfair Sportsbook wins 32% of the time. Bit of a feel for Smith at 9 to 2, winning 22.2% of the time. Zampa, we mentioned earlier, that stat is actually 58% returns in the last. Uh, two years, he's three to one, and Rashid Adil Rashid that is forty-seven percent returns last two years, three to one for top England bat. Betfair Sportsbook prices all those ones. Paul Krishnamurti and Richard Mann to finish things, please. <laughs> well, two players I've got: David Warner boosted to seventy-two. That's got to be value the way he's playing. And um, with England, you've got to look for a price, I think. And eleven to one, Liam Livingstone is that. Top score in the last game. No reason why he can't do it again. Richard Mann. I'd just like to identify the in England lower order, the way they've been batting. I think Woods top scored in one of the games. He's down to coming at 11. He'll go off 100 to 1. I think this is one for just a, a few quid and definitely just a few quid on maybe Wood, Works and Willie at massive prices in the hope that England don't make very many and that 20 wins it. I mean, it's happened even against India. The lower order did better than the top order. Okay, personally, I'm on uh, 
I'm on uh, Peter the Matthew Mott to uh, really re- remove his mask and reveal that he's in fact Peter Moore's one <laughs> after the Australia game. Anyway, um, thank you guys. Now onto the good stuff. The best bets, nice winners on this segment last week. So let's have Richard Mann's all in one go, and then Paul Krishnamurti, please. Right. Okay. Kick off then. I'm going to have. 0.75 points, Daryl Mitchell, top New Zealand bat versus South Africa at 7-2. to two. And I'm also going to have 0.75 on him to make a 50. Um, then I'm going to have a point on Marco Janssen at top South Africa bowling against, bowler against New Zealand. And I'm going to have a point also on Marco Janssen, top tournament bowler at 15-2. to two. That leaves me one and a half left. Uh, Majib against the Netherlands. He's going to be my man of the match pick. And that leaves me with half a unit. So I'm going to split stakes. 0.25, Chris Walks, top England batsman versus Australia. And then 0.25, come on, Mark Wood, top England batsman against Australia. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti. Okay, I'll have um, 1.5 points, both teams to score 300. New Zealand, South Africa, 21 to 10. Half a point, Daryl Mitchell, top match batsman at 17-2, same game. One point, Rashid Khan, 8-1, man in the match versus Netherlands. Um, half a point each, Australia to win five wickets or 41-50, six wickets, 51-60, both at 9-1. That leaves one point, which I will split in the um, Netherlands Afghanistan game, top match batsman, 0.75 Scott Edwards, 14 to 1, and 0.25 Cybrand Engelbrecht at 50 to 1. Okay. Thank you very much, fellas. That wraps up the Cricket Only Better World Cup betting hub. Um, Join us next week when we may be finally able to say that England are definitely out of this tournament in month seven. Uh, (laughs) Check out Betting Dog Betfair. In the meantime, um, I've been Sam Collins. I've been joined by Edward Hawkins, Richard Mann, Paul Krishnamurti. We wish you a lovely week and um, we will check in next time.